Um, okay, Peter, so just tell me, like, what is uh, the biggest animal you've ever laid a hand on? Oh, goodness. Probably a horse. Yeah, that's Maybe mine, too. I think so, too. And mm-hmm. they're surprisingly big. Yeah. Right? No. A lot of people don't think of that as, like, the biggest animal. You're thinking elephant, you're thinking giraffe, but nobody's touched those. Right. Who sees that in there every day? But a horse is huge, actually. Yes. Especially uh, if you've ever been in, like, New York City and you've seen the horse-drawn carriages and things. Yeah. They are. They feel like elephants when, when you see them. <laughs> when you go to Victorian New York City and you <laughs> stand next to a seven-hand high horse... It's a big hand also. Mm. People talk about hands. These dinner plate Hagrid hands that they have. <laughs> I wonder if Caleb's outside and like can't get in the house. Caleb was locked outside, but don't worry, I let him in. And now I'll let you in on a little secret. Every day's great. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, we just we try to just get started and meander our way into it, and yeah. uh, people okay. get mad because they don't know which one is which. All right. And, uh, yeah, that's so. That's funny because it started coming up lately. A yeah. couple different times, we've had a few people tell us they don't know who we are. Are we recording right now? Yes. Great. Yes, we are. So I think we should just set that to rest first. Caleb, would you mind uh, introducing yourself? Hi, okay. uh- <laughs> <laughs> Peter goofed it. Oops. Hi, Caleb. I'm Caleb. <laughs> Hi, hi, Caleb's. I'm also Caleb. Wow, yeah, we're all Caleb, so now that that's clear... I'm the um, Justice Arcana version of yourself. <laughs> and I'm obviously the fool. <laughs> um, You've got a long way to go, but that doesn't mean you're dumb. That's true. Well, Just a full journey. Doesn't mean I'm not dumb. Um, let's, we, we're kind of... It's kind of like minions mm-hmm. around here. <laughs> Is like, it? Like, Is it like minions? It's like minions, because we're all little Caleb's, but, we, but some of us have... Like we're we look stupid and we have stupid costumes. Are you saying that I'm like a minion? No, I'm saying you're good. Like the original minion. Oh, so is I'm good. like the good minion. Like you're the rabbit, I'm and the... the rest of us are the minions that are copies of rabbits. <laughs> yeah. I'm the only minion that everyone loves. Or like the gremlins that spawned off the Mogwai. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's exactly right. Exactly. You put coffee inside of us, and we lose all our fur. But we do also, you know, we get a little, we get kind of trim and like, you know. <laughs> But we get that body right, a little bit hot looking, like a little yeah. bit like a hot toothpick, a sinister, like a, <laughs> sinister bad boy looks. Yeah. Yes, like a like a bag of toothpicks filled with water, <laughs> and that's a gremlin. <laughs> it looks great. It looks very good. Hi everyone. Hi. Welcome to Everyday's Great. This is a, a an experimental podcast let's play project, which it's, I've been trying to find a like more intense way to describe it every week. It's an avant garde mm-hmm. explosion. Mm-hmm. A verbal audio content, a, a verbal visual content. Yeah, it's nouveau. See within your mind the TV world of yourself, and then l- listen more because it's not over yet. <laughs> <laughs> you still have to go to mind school as well. Today we are joined by a special guest, uh, the host of the Now Kiss Cast, a delicious 
fanfic podcast that just started very recently. One of the best ideas for a podcast I've ever heard. It's too sweet. <laughs> an actual real life high school teacher who I'm sure has many of uh, many stories to tell us about high school. Uh, a personal friend of yes. ours and mine. Our esteemed colleague. Peter, Peter writes. Hi. Hi, Peter. Nice to meet, not meet. Nice to be on the show. It's nice, to, it's nice, to, meet it's nice to meet you on the show, too. Nice to meet you on this new medium that, yes. we're, that we have We've together. never met in this venue before. <laughs> Peter, did you want a pseudonym for our show, or did you... No, Peter's fine. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Yeah. This is I'm, our friend... I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed of who I am. <laughs> <laughs> Let me be me. This is Peter, uh, who we have credited previously with lending us his new game plus... He is the source of our godly power. He's the source, basically the source of the podcast. Yeah. The guy who is way too obsessed with Persona 4. <laughs> yeah. How deep does your love run for Persona 4? Um, well, I play it almost every year mm-hmm. uh, in November or so. Yeah. Uh, I'll give it another run through. The copy that y'all are playing on, I think that New Game Plus had something like 150 hours or so on it. Sounds about right. When y'all started it. Yeah. But you have to keep in mind that that is my... Vita copy of Golden. (laughs) (laughs) But that is not my original PS4 copy or PS2 copy of Persona 4. Man. So that had over 100 hours on it. And then I did this one. Yeah. Yeah. What's it like to enjoy something that much? Oh, gosh. Because I haven't. I don't remember. (laughs) The only thing he spent that much time on is Sonic the Hedgehog. It's true. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's very similar to how I feel about the series Dragon Age 2. Persona 4, I look at as just a group of characters that feel weirdly like friends. And it's very comfortable to just go to Inaba and just kind of derp around there for a while (laughs) and be like, oh yeah, everything here in this month is awesome. Yeah, And I feel so comfortable and at ease with these people. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to solve this mystery, so I'm not stressed about it. I already know who it is and I can just like uh, look at them and be like, oh, you. Yeah. Wow. Spoiler alert, everybody! Mm-hmm. Yeah, don't even worry. Plug about your it. ears. This is—we got a couple <laughs> of experts on the show now. No, we've—he's been coached. Where there's going to be no spoilers. <laughs> yeah, I am. No tricks. I am limiting all of my knowledge of the series to Kanji and his dungeon, and I will only speak in the vaguest they thems <laughs> about anything beyond that point. Great, great. <laughs> so that is what we're here to talk about today. We're going to start talking about Kanji's dungeon. We're going to rewind all the way back to May nineteenth, mm-hmm. and then we're going to fast back forward potentially to do an entire week of stuff so we have a lot to get through and i feel like we might just go ahead and hop in get it let's start it so i'll play some other music some rewind music synchronize your clocks check your watches because we're going back uh to the future of may 19th so i don't know if we actually talked about this or if we skipped it that day but we did find out that we got top of the class that day oh Did we congratulations talk about yeah no, i think we skipped that whole day yeah so mm-hmm. we got top of the class that day and we were the f- the number one kid for the whole the whole school it's really an honor test wise it's really great everyone loves you when you do that <laughs> it's so strange because growing up here in these united states mm-hmm. a place which hates education more than anything right like <laughs> i have had the dubious honor of being a good a good grades mm-hmm. in the past and whoo and it's not like this. Yeah, it's it's weird how in the United States, if you get number one on a test and then go around and tell everybody about how you got number one on the test, somehow that like doesn't, people don't like you yeah, somehow. They don't love it. But in the Persona, but in Persona, they love it. And they just, they are very, very excited about the fact that you 
got high marks. Yeah. yeah. You, get, you get to reap all those music notes. <laughs> People are loving it. They're just hum- humming and whistling every time they see you. Mm-hmm, I love you, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> and we went to the TV world where the fox came with us for the first time. And so the fox meets Teddy, who likes the fox immediately. And Teddy says to the fox, let's both do our best. <laughs> <laughs> as as the animal sidekicks let's the, kill it the fox like most drug dealers is just happy to tag along <laughs> he just, <laughs> just wants to be everybody's friend he just wants to be included i just, just know that from movies he's just here when you need him yeah exactly you know? <laughs> yeah he's just not, just from movies only hey guys movies. i brought you all these healing herbs and like did you guys want to watch die hard or something <laughs> <laughs> i also brought two dvds of die hard <laughs> I brought both diehards, but then I brought the first one on HD DVD in case you didn't have a Blu-ray player. I know it's kind of out of date at this point, but I think it was a technology that really could have, like, it it had legs. It really really could have popped off. Blu-ray just had better branding. Any any party member that you don't get to take with you into a dungeon has to sit back and watch movies with the fox the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) Teddy, the fox, and whoever's left behind is uh yeah just chilling on the on the tv couch they're all like man goodwill hunting is such a good movie it's so good. that's what that stack of three tvs is really for oh my, oh god. my god of course <laughs> so that he can have all three of his favorite fox movies going at the same time okay wait okay what would what would be a fox's favorite movies fantastic fox and, mr fox fox yeah. and the hound fox and the hound what's another fox movie zootopia um, Zootopia. Zootopia is very good. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just saying that. The of hunt course, for, of the course, hunt for we want to watch movies where he is represented. That's the, all I'm saying. The Hunt for Red Foxtober. Red Foxtober. Yeah. What is that? <laughs> it's a submarine movie starring foxes. <laughs> it's Does a re- it star foxes? It's a really alternate version of a Cold War movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Whiskey Tango Foxtrot. That's another big That's one. That's a good one. Mm-hmm. That's very good. And they love those movies. <laughs> yeah, they really like Harry Potter because there's that bird named Fox. <laughs> Uh, they like uh, V for Vendetta because mm-hmm. Guy Fox is in there. <laughs> Who do you think is the most polite about having to sit and watch all these movies? <gasps> uh, Yukiko is or the most polite. But yeah. she's not having the most fun. No. For I sure. Think I, well, we already know that we already know that Chie really likes movies, mm-hmm. but if, it wars, if it's not action movies, I yeah. wonder if she has any patience. Mm-mm. Like, would she really sit through Fantastic Mr. Fox? It's action. It's got action, mm-hmm. but it's not like a lot of action. So Yosuke, Yosuke would definitely be down to blaze it. Yep. Definitely just wants to be friends. Mm-hmm. And uh, might pretend a little bit like he's not having a good time, but I think Yosuke would actually be having the best time. Yosuke would really get into like the scores of the movies, mm-hmm. talking about all their music. Yep, yep. And after sitting with the fox and watching a movie, he would call you on the phone later that night and go like, how do you feel about this fox? <laughs> <laughs> so do you like the fox or do you think the fox likes Chie or like, or like wh- is he possibly into me? <laughs> it's just one question that I had. Just checking. I mean, the, the fox was in my lap the whole time and I just, <laughs> I, f- I felt like it meant something. <laughs> I did some Googling and I, I did some Googling and canines tend to imprint on one person. So I'm just wondering, do you think he imprinted on me or do you think it's like one of you guys? <laughs> It's no big deal. I'm just curious. I really want to help you if, uh, yeah, if I'm, it's you. I'm just here for the team. We went into Kanji's dungeon, and we are immediately presented with a sauna, basically. Mm-hmm. It's a... Uh, I don't know a whole lot about the the sauna hot spring culture, bathhouse, bathhouse culture mm-hmm. in Japan, but uh, I do know that it is heavily hinted to us that it is a cruising spot, mm. because as soon as Kanji arrives, there's this deep manly voice that pops up every once in a while that's like... 
oh, let me see that smooth skin. <laughs> Such well-defined pecs. Yeah, exactly. This, like, um, this r- immediate conversation between the, like, incredibly effeminate kanji voice and this, like, deep masculine man. Yeah. Has there been, like, another character in one of these other dungeons? Like, I can't remember if, if um, Yukiko... Like, she seemed to be looking for another person, but never, like, conversed with a- another entity? Yeah, like, I don't think anybody else talked in that one. The closest we get to there being a character in one of the other dungeons is that Yukiko summons that little knight. Oh, yeah. Right, okay. Um, mm-hmm. But it never... But like you say, it never speaks to anybody. It just appears once, and then she summons it a second time, and it doesn't come back. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. And then, and also Chie kind of counted as another figure in the first dungeon, I guess. Right. But in it, yeah, Uh, that was kind of a a weird thing to me in Kanji's dungeon where I want, like, can the TV space, like, create a a personality to converse with or what? Well, you know what? In, when Yosuke went into the liquor store. Uh Uh-huh. Saki Konishi's voice did appear, and she was already dead. Right, Mm -hmm. and it might have been a TiVo of what she was talking about. Yeah. Like, earlier it, it, yeah but, it could have been a devo but i don't know anyway so yeah and it also could be like what if this is what if this deep voice is a man that kanji actually knows what if it's like somebody on tv or like a newscaster with a really nice voice that he's got a crush on yeah could be mm. one of the big things that kanji is clearly struggling with in this dungeon is the perception of what it means to be a gay man mm-hmm. yeah. and how he sees himself yeah and so particularly since he's young i mean he's a young guy mm-hmm. i think part of that stereotype and that that image of what should be is a much older man like swooping in on him mm-hmm. to a certain yeah. extent. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I, I remember there's like a fear, like the, I experienced this some with people when I was growing up and when I came out pretty early, there's a fear, especially from people who are kind of like protective of you, like parents or that like that homosexuality is this like, uh, now all of a sudden you're a target. Like you, this young boy are suddenly a target for all of these terrifying older men. Mm-hmm. And that is kind of a, pervasive feeling the cultural and, association of like pedophilia and homosexuality yeah which is a, absolutely gross tactic. Yeah. yeah right and the so in this case when we've talked before about how these dungeons seem to be reflecting their perception of a thing rather than the thing itself it makes a lot of sense that his perception of it would be like this kind of weird cruisy porno dungeon mm-hmm. where there's this like uh weird rough gr- like pounding music playing throughout the whole thing it's like this like meow 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 it's like totally unpleasant especially after you've been running around the dungeon for a while it's so unpleasant yeah and even his like title card that pops up just like what happened with yukiko is like men only kanji tatsumi in hot steamy paradise which sounds like a girls gone wild or like a like a softcore porn Mm. title i wrote down a couple of funny quotes like (laughs) at one point Somebody says, oh, gosh, who said this? I, I, man, I wrote it down. I didn't write down who said it, but I wrote down, at last, I've penetrated the facility. Oh, that's something Kanji says. <laughs> <laughs> Middle Gear alert. It's yeah. <laughs> I think that that's when you find him right before his mini boss. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah. He's, like, talking in the background. God. It, it, yep. <laughs> it's one of the things where if it... If it were handled better in the end, it would be genuinely funny to yeah. me. But unfortunately, it becomes not funny. Yeah, it, oh, <laughs> like, exactly. As it, as it continues to develop, and it's like, oh, this isn't totally a joke to mm-hmm. them. Yeah, like, and Caleb mentioned before that, like, the first time that you encountered this, mm-hmm. like, there's this hope as it sets up that you're like, oh, am 
I okay with this? Is yeah. this going to be good? Like, mm-hmm. is this going to be an interesting representation of someone's struggle with their sexual identity? And unfortunately, it <laughs> basically is not. Yeah. How about I'll just sum up the whole dungeon yeah, so we can talk that. about it a little bit yeah. more generally. So mm-hmm. we go into the bathhouse. You run through it. You're fighting monsters just like you are in the other ones. The gooby monsters crawling around. All of the rooms are bathhouse inspired. It's really steamy. And so there's places where you can't see very far. And... uh just like in a real bathhouse, there are monsters crawling everywhere. The floor is filthy with goo. And yeah. when you step on some of the goo, you have to fight a persona <laughs> monster. Well, I actually do want to talk about that a little bit because I do... I am interested in the parallels between the, like, cruising atmosphere and the dungeon crawler. Like, okay. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the... So, you go deeper and deeper, you fight a mini-boss, and then eventually you fight Kanji, whose boss is stylized as this, like, incredibly buff body that he's hiding inside of. Like, this, his, his, like, little tiny body is at the top of in this bed of flowers. Yeah. And these two men who are, like, again, stereotypical, like, porno-looking, like, enormous men with these, like, thin mustaches, wearing Speedos, like, uh, with uh, their bodies split down the middle, black and white, and they're, like, posing and flexing and attacking you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and he's holding two giant uh, male symbols, like, the circle with the arrow in it. He's holding two giant ones, and, like, they're, like, golden, and he's flexing and posing with them, and then, like, attacking you with them and stabbing you. He's kind of a gender studies bodybuilder Krang. (laughs) <laughs> like a floral crang. <laughs> That's exactly right. <laughs> and yeah. also, when he's two other things, the uh, little sidekicks of his, they I believe are called Mr. Nice Guy and Mr. Tough Guy. Yes. Yeah. And mm. then uh, when Kanji is emerging from his rose, you know, bed, uh, you can see that he's got these little circles of rouge painted onto his face. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, his eyes are kind of shut in this really almost ecstatic like saint sebastian kind of expression mm-hmm. yeah yeah the uh and so you fight him and you go through the same process we have now a couple of times where he gets approached by his shadow he's like denying it denying it it turns into the boss you fight the boss and then at the end he has to like come to terms with it this is an interesting one because he punches his shadow and sort of rejects it in like yeah. a kind of explicit sense, but then he's like, "Yeah, whatever. You're sort of me, I guess." Mm-hmm. And we'll get into that now uh, as we talk about the whole thing. But basically, for me, engaging with this dungeon as a kid, it was a lot about like, at first, feeling like, "Oh my gosh, this is some of my actual anxieties." Like they right. really are reflecting some of my anxieties as a queer man. Some of the stuff that I have had to think about and deal with as a gay guy. And so I like the idea of approaching it that way and learning about like how it doesn't have to be so black and white as the boss fight and well, what could it possibly mean uh is <laughs> is showing us and it uh but when it comes down to kanji ultimately realizing no i'm not gay it's just okay that i like feminine stuff is like t- totally takes the wind out of it for me and does reduce the previous part to more of a caricature than it could have been just with a little bit better context yeah mm-hmm. And one of the things that occurs in game is that Kanji never explicitly says that he's not into guys. Yeah. So, you know, he could be anywhere in the LGBT community that he needs to fall. Yeah. Um, And even some of the authors of the game, when interviewed about it, have said, we don't commit to him being one way or another. That's not, like, what is central to his experience with his shadow. It's more about the idea of acceptance in general that he's struggling with. Mm Mm-hmm. 
But I also feel like they could have made a much stronger game if they just committed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, and trying to do that like, well, I never said this character was a particular color or not, mm-hmm. or I never said this character, like we don't have a position, is itself a political position that tends to reinforce the status quo. Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know. That where you can leave that game like I did, genuinely feeling like, oh, this they decided this character was not really gay, which right. is what it felt like for me for a long time. And I, my reading of it, like the little bit that we've played in the conversation that you have with him when you come out of the dungeon, mm-hmm. right, is that he's, yeah, he is this kind of like, oh, it's just cool that I like, like fabric stuff. and cute stuff. Uh-huh. And it's like, well, okay. Uh-huh. But I mean, to me, the argument that I've always made when people have engaged me in this yeah. <laughs> is that every shadow introduces itself by saying, I am a shadow, the true self. Yeah. And it is a distorted self, but it is still themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so Yosuke is a little bit of a punk. Yeah. Yukiko is a bit of a damsel in distress. Yeah. Chie loves to step in and be the hero. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. all of these kinds of things are true about everybody else. Yeah. So I've always said, sure, Kanji is not the stereotype that his shadow is presenting. Right. But he might be a little bit gay. Yeah. <laughs> It's yeah. hard to read it any other way. Like, I, th- that's the thing is for them to go like, I don't know, and I don't, you know, what I don't want to be the one to talk too much oh, totally, about this. Yeah. But like, yeah, it, it, for for the immediate conversation thereafter to be like, no, I guess I'm not really gay, but I do like all this other stuff. But the the subtext, the very clear subtext, being exactly what you just said, it's like, but this persona shows something about you, mm-hmm. like, and that maybe you're still not ready to talk about all the way, or you, whatever, whatever, like, that is a valid reading of yeah, it, too. Yeah, because, I mean, for example, like, with Yosuke, if his, if his shadow was really demonstrating his, for example, his need to feel superior and mm-hmm. important, mm-hmm. and all of these kinds of things, accepting a shadow doesn't mean, right, that he is 100% done with that issue. That's why he still has yeah. a social link path. That's why you still work with him through that throughout the game. Yep. It just means that he has accepted that that's a part of him. Yeah. So that's the very, very beginning of the therapy. It's just yeah. like recognizing this is something I need to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I've always interpreted with Kanji that he's figuring it out himself and that's totally fine. Mm-hmm. The whole, I mean, I wouldn't want the game to put him in a position where he had to say yes or no. Like yeah. at that moment or anything like that. Especially because it, so much of the symbolism and so much of his struggle is about feeling like he has to like say yes or no to stuff. And like he has to figure out the black and white solution to his problem. Yeah. And so like it, there is like a, a totally valid argument to be made about how it is healthier for him and probably better for the character were Kanji a real person to allow him the time to figure this out and not have to be labeled. There's the like cultural context though of how nice it would have been for the actual real people if he had been given the opportunity to do that in the game Mm -hmm, like to mm -hmm. figure that out in the game so okay one of the problems seems to be that they are associating feminine stuff with homosexuality Mm -hmm. just like inherently that like that there those two things are definitely linked which is why he's having this stress Mm -hmm. and he does sort of realize they don't have to be but it's 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 complicated yeah. and it's made further complicated by the fact that w- something we haven't even addressed in the game yet we haven't even gotten to in the game yet the person that cues a lot of these thoughts turns out to identify as female ultimately right and like <laughs> is and Nauto is just presenting male right now because it's 
effective for her job Mm -hmm. so that adds this other weird complication to it that undercuts like i keep thinking about how easy it would have been to make that character just like somebody random who was into kanji yeah like Mm -hmm. the way that all these guys come up to yukiko yeah right like just uh, just some guy who's interested and and i mean ultimately i like the game Mm -hmm. i like the character kanji Mm -hmm. he's one of my favorite fictional characters just hands down yeah but um but I think that it is this kind of interest, this this unfortunate thing that they did, where they didn't want to commit to an answer about how he has worked through his original concerns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they want to keep it really palatable. I guess is what they were aiming for. Yeah. Uh, for their audience. Totally. And it, just, and it just sort of creates this weird in between state that is not as satisfying as it could be. And it's weird to start out trying to make that story at all and decide that you want to make it palatable. Like, it's weird to start out with a character that's thinking about maybe they're trans and a character that's thinking about maybe they're gay and then decide, after deciding that's the story you're going to do, we're going to do this kind of weak. We're going to do this a little weak. Right, right. A little backpedaling. Yeah. And you have to wonder uh, who's in charge of making those decisions. Mm -hmm. You have those uh, voice tracks that are recorded where Yosuke is apparently dating the main character that yeah. we talked about like mm-hmm. there's enough stuff in the game where some of the people in this process are on board with this being like yeah. a more progressive story mm-hmm. and then for whatever combination of reasons that's not there it can't go all the way there or it yeah. has to be toned down or something because of the wide audience or whatever and it felt so bizarre to and again this is trying to avoid talking too broadly but to to then go to persona 5 the next game in the series and have it in a lot of ways be even less progressive i yeah and like have even be even less successful at dealing with these kinds of tensions yeah. is so weird especially when the actual politics of the game really do feel like they progress forward like persona 5 is a more structurally progressive game and is a more like uh, politically progressive game. But Persona 5 has a bigger budget and a bigger, yeah. like, there's more money involved in the whole thing. And, and there was more pressure. And it's just occurred to me that, like, the artist's job in culture is to understand how people really are. Mm-hmm. And the business person's job, unfortunately, in, in modern capitalism is to not understand how people actually are, but instead present a, like, an averaged out like let's try to appeal to everyone by not really appealing to anyone specifically kind of thing <laughs> yeah. like the business impulse uh, there's a an, maybe a way of framing that that I haven't before of like a business person's job is to go I don't care what any specific person wants yeah it's better that we don't give anyone exactly what they want mm-hmm. because then everybody will buy into it and like be well it wasn't perfect but it was fine yeah right and whereas the artists behind this game the writers and 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 the other people that are at the core of creating these things really do seem to have like very intentional opinions intentional opinions and this therapy approach to like who are people really who are you really this is really you we don't have things we have things in us that we don't love Mm -hmm. or we don't know how to accept yet but they're there yeah and that if you accept them it's powerful so Mm -hmm. i don't know there was also a, a moment where Teddy got, like, a total sick burn, and they played this, like, musical stinger. I can't remember exactly what the what the line was, but he, like, fell over, and the game was literally like, wah, 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 like, basically, <laughs> in a way that was so, so strange, tonally, because they have never done that before, like, yeah. really punctuated something with music. 
Oh, oh, and one thing I did want to talk about is an immediate and interesting connection between Teddy and Kanji. At the end of the sequence, after you fought the boss and Kanji's had to accept himself, yeah. Teddy says explicitly, like, I also am having to think a lot about who I am at the core. Yeah. He's like, I totally understand what you're going through, Kanji, because I'm also having to even figure out some basics about what I, who I even am. Mm-hmm. And, and that was kind of a cool bond. It is cool. Yeah. And because on the other hand, you've got Yosuke. <laughs> what does Yosuke do? <laughs> well, about a thousand times in the dungeon, basically oh, yeah. pulls some sort of line out about like, I'll just wait at the front. Yeah. Like, I don't, I don't want to be here at all. Yeah. Are you sure we should do this? Like, oh no, don't touch me. And I think we joked at one point about like, he doth protest too much, right? Like he's being so like, oh, I don't even want to be in a bathhouse that it's yeah. like, yeah, you might though. You do a little bit. You do a little bit. <laughs> if Avery's going. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's even, and even in context of not even about a sexuality thing, yeah. but about how experiencing new stuff and like seeing a different side of the world and like learning about what that's like is an appealing thing to people. Yeah. Like just like straight people like to go mess around in gay bars and like get in the way. And there's like, <laughs> there've been several articles in the last year, like begging people to stop being messes at drag shows, like begging straight people to just like chill out at drag shows yeah. just because that kind of thing is appealing. And like the whole having, uh, be entering another world to any extent is appealing yeah being finding that appealing and being interested in learning about the world can be scary when you've been t- trained to have this sort of masculine resistance mm. to stuff mm-hmm. same mm-hmm. with something even as basic as dancing where you some of us can be trained to like be scared of liking it because of how it might what it might say about us that we're even interested in learning right yeah yeah and so even if it's not about him being queer necessarily just the like masculine training Mm -hmm. of oh i'm not supposed to even be curious i'm not even supposed to let myself be open enough to learn about this yeah right right but again just it could have been so good (laughs) you had this whole thing with yosuke being very resistant to the bathhouse yeah and then Way, way later in the game, Yosuke is like, you know, that wasn't so bad. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe, Avery, we can go sometime to a bathhouse. Uh-huh. I don't know. Just some sort of, just like, any any little subversive spin that they could have put yeah. on that story would have been great. Yeah. Right. Um, just, to, just to show that there was more growth in really either Yosuke or Kanji's character arc sure. in that yeah. kind of way. And yeah. that's why hearing Teddy say that was so surprising to me because Teddy did a little bit of that too in a weird way where I was like, Teddy, how are you coded for this? <laughs> yeah. Like, but, uh, but, and of course Teddy's like, from the beginning, Teddy is like hitting on women and like being kind of weird about that. Like he apparently has some of this like cultural knowledge that he has somehow absorbed and that hasn't been made clear to us yet. Even yeah. though he doesn't know what TV is. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, he's inside the TV, surrounded by TVs. Like, what's a TV? But then he knows about hot studs. It's exactly the patriarchy. You don't have to know what the patriarchy is to be embedded in it. <laughs> <laughs> and so having Teddy at the end of the dungeon say, oh, I get it. Like, that was powerful for me. Yeah. And it did suck that the o- he was the only one that did. Yeah. That yeah. everybody else was uncomfortable. I actually um, am also a huge fan of the Persona 4 animation. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think we're going to watch an episode of that this week, actually. And this, talk about it. this particular episode is rough for me because in the video game, at the very worst, Avery is quiet. Mm. Yeah. In the animation, 
uh, Avery scared. Narakami is is like openly scared and vocal about oh. not wanting to be there or help mm-hmm. in some occasions. It's yeah. just like that's so bad. Couldn't we have just left that to Yosuke? If yeah. that's going to be his yeah. role in that scene, just let him do it and keep Narakami quiet. Mm-hmm. To add one more layer of resistances. Yeah. So some of the stuff that Kanji says at the end, I just thought I'd mention. Yeah. One of the things that he says right before he like absorbs it, his like shadow says that I think you three would make wonderful boyfriends, which I thought was funny because yeah. when I was trying to piece that together, I was like, is the third one Teddy? Cause we've got Yosuke and we've got, uh, Avery. So the third one, I guess is Teddy. And he's like, Oh, Teddy would make wonderful boyfriends. Um, <laughs> I mean, he'd take care of you. Yeah. 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 Uh, <laughs> good, good cuddling, I guess. <laughs> And him saying explicitly, it ain't a matter of guys or chicks. I'm just scared shitless of being rejected. Yeah. It's like, mm-hmm. was an interesting, powerful thing. Mm-hmm. The And that is a piece of his whole, like, I just don't want anyone to look too closely at me and realize they don't like me. Mm-hmm. So I beat them all up so that they stay away. Yeah, I make myself unlikable so that it's my choice yeah. rather than facing rejection exactly i'll make sure everyone dislikes me so that i don't have to risk them disliking me which is honestly why kanji is my favorite character because Mm -hmm. that was me in high school i think that was exactly me i think it's a lot of queer people's experience especially regarding the aspects that like for me personally a defense mechanism for like not wanting to have to deal with people not liking me because i was gay was to be like so aggressively like loud and in their face or whatever so that if they did if they were mad at me i could blame it on like oh yeah i was like i was trying to make sure that everyone was a little bit uncomfortable anyway so mm-hmm. like good i yeah I, I i said many times through the years well if they're not gonna love me then i'll just make sure that they hate me wow <laughs> yeah. wow yeah, yeah like, that's powerful like i just was convinced that that was the only way yeah yeah <laughs> also kanji says you're me and i'm you damn it it's <laughs> <laughs> good just, just that, just that signature kanji. Damn it! Mm-hmm. On the end. <laughs> oh, and here was the here was the other thing. At the end of this, Yosuke is the one who says, "I'll take this guy home. You guys go." In a way that and I was like, Yosuke is when when they come out of the TV and kanji is laid out on the ground. Yosuke is the one that reaches out to help him up. Yeah, yeah, which is good. Like it's good <laughs> that they at least did that. Yeah. But I'm curious about that because that's a choice, right? Like having yep. Yosuke be the one that say I'm going to walk home and not Chie or mm-hmm. like having that come up was really, really interesting and was like so, so close to having like an actual connection. And I want to hear like there's a fanfic. I want to yes. know the conversation they have on the way home. Yeah. Right. Like what they talk about. He is nurturing. And even if he's mm-hmm. outwardly vocally like, ooh, I don't like the bathhouse. He's going to help take care of Kanji. Like, yeah. He, so that's yeah. cool to see. I mean, he very much is a bro in the sense that he says those nasty things. But then he's trying to make sure that this new member of his essentially investigative team family yeah. is going to get taken care of. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we talked before about how Yosuke finds this idea of family and this idea of connection between people to be like really important. Mm-hmm. Yep. And it does really matter to him how everyone is getting along. Mm-hmm. The journey to be able to say that stuff out loud and not have to like shield yourself from it mm-hmm. with this like ooh gross kind of talk mm-hmm. like oh i don't like family gross i don't want friends <laughs> ooh, but just i'll help you get home like yeah is yeah. is a thing that a lot of people have to go through i remember in my very first playthrough of persona 4 i had liked yosuke all the way up to kanji's dungeon mm. and then i hated him from that point forward yeah yeah uh because he was 
such a venomous person to Kanji. Yes. At that point, that I was like, well, just kicking this guy out of my party. Don't oh. need wind magic anymore. Oh, uh-huh. wow, yeah. I had the exact same experience the first time I played. I was like, okay, I don't actually, this guy does not matter to me so much anymore. Yeah. And especially because they, like, you have these two really, really cool women that you can put in your party, and now you have Kanji. It's like, okay, this is my team now. Yeah. Okay, well, let's go ahead and try to, like, see what we can get through. Okay. So, June 3rd. We have someone ask us to find a new top for their desk, and this is when finally, like, this is where the side quest thing kind of jumps the shark for me, because now it's not like, oh, I can't find this, a weird statue, because that would be a weird thing to find, like a cool angel statue, could you find that? This isn't like, I need something that might be cursed, it's like, I just need a new piece of wood for my desk, and imagining going and finding one, and then bringing it out, like, like a whole top for a desk yeah. yeah and for for uh, avery to go i think i know where to find one of those <laughs> and it's, it's not like, the hardware it's store it's not the hardware store it's the hell dimension it's hell <laughs> yeah I'll, let me go get your desk from hell dragging it out of juness <laughs> yes wait you there's probably one at juness you yeah. probably just buy one at juness excuse me can i see your receipt for that it's like i i don't need a receipt <laughs> i brought this with me <laughs> check the cameras <laughs> we, and Yosuke uh, has to cover for him later. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. no, 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 I swear, I I brought it out of the TV. I brought. I, you, yeah, that's the other thing is these security cameras just like don't point at the electronic section. Yeah, what the deal? <laughs> uh, we go and see Sayoko, the nurse at the hospital that day as well. Man. She says that she wants to know about the secret deep inside us and that mm, it's irresistible. Yeah, uh, but we found out through our guide yeah that you actually can't be down like if you want her to like you you have to say like uh no i'm not super comfortable with this you gotta mm-hmm. play a little hard to get she yeah. likes a shy boy mm-hmm. <laughs> she does because apparently if you say like oh great yeah let's go let's do it she like does not give you any points absolutely zero backs out but if you're but if you're like what do you mean if you act like you have no clue if you role play that yeah if, who, who, what could you possibly mean about the irresistible secret deep inside of me then she leans in closer and goes i have a lot to teach you and then her animation has her hand come out and like literally touches the d it goes from nose to d like yeah. tip to tip just like swoop all the way down the front and then she turns around and just like leaves Giros. uh and then she's a treasure. <laughs> and then and and Avery just turns around and begins wiping down the table again with a blank expression yes. like okay, I'm fine. I'm not going to tell anyone about being harassed at my workplace. Gosh, it's such a weird arc. It's like so weird. Yeah. The, I I I don't know if this is a thing cuz I know in 5 there's another like situation where the devil persona is again like an, an inappropriate relationship with someone a lot older than you. Yeah. Is that like that in three as well? In three, you have the inappropriate relationship with President Tanaka. Oh, yes. Okay, yeah. <laughs> From dang. the Sunday shopping show. <gasps> yeah. Oh, dang. Whoa. I forgot about that. Okay. So, uh, June 4th. <laughs> June 4th. We go into the Velvet Room and we see a poem that Marie has written. We uh, accidentally went into the Velvet Room. Yeah, it was not Trying to talk to Marie on the outside. <laughs> and then I hit the button wrong and we went into the room. And the curses. We were and not allowed to hang out with her, but we did get to hear a seafoam poem. Yes, she, I loved her poem. She literally says the phrase, the little mermaid, four times. I'm the like, little mermaid. I'm the little mermaid. The little mermaid. Jumping into the water, the little mermaid. <laughs> 
splashing around in the foam. The Little Mermaid. What do you call them? Feet? The Little Mermaid. <laughs> Smaller than a big mermaid. The Little Mermaid. <laughs> She's unbelievable, but you gotta start somewhere. <laughs> She's just born, I think. Like, she, yeah. we don't, she, doesn't rem- she doesn't remember poems, y'all. Mm-hmm, but she is watching Disney movies, finally. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and she's very moved by it. <laughs> and we went fishing, which Nick absolutely hated. He snapped two lines, and then we went home. Snapped two lines, and then snapped a pencil in half in real life. <laughs> <I> just, <laughs> it's frustrating. It was raining that day, so we didn't really have anybody to hang out with, I think was the thing. Yeah, okay. so, like, and so we, we try fishing, and yeah. I hate fishing in video games. And there's an awesome fish that you can only catch on a rainy day. Mm. But, it probably um, was that one. It just fought too hard. We shan't. We shan't catch you'll, it. You'll have to, though. Uh, one day, the fox will ask you for a big fish. <gasps> oh, no! What a terrible thing to know! Oh, gosh. Caleb, will you like to handle the fishing? Yeah, I can do it. Uh, I don't. Speaking of fishing minigames? Yeah. So, you've heard me talk about this game a lot. Uh-huh. Nier Automata <laughs> has the funniest fishing minigame style that I've ever seen in a game. It is the best way I've ever seen it done. You've got this little robot that floats around with uh-huh. you, and when you you can activate fishing in any body of water that you're in, no matter how okay. shallow it is. So Great. you're in this like ankle deep water, and the way and it'll it like pops up with a prompt that's like, "Do you want to fish?" Mm-hmm. And it's like, "Yeah." And so you have there's a button that says "cast," and okay. when you hit "cast," your robot just goes into the he just like sits in the water, like your little robot who flies with you just like jumps out and lands in the water and sits there for a while, and then eventually dips underwater, and then you push the button and he comes out. There's no fishing line. She doesn't move at all. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, mentally <laughs> That's throwing hilarious. the robot out. And it is hysterical. There's one point where I pulled out an entire, like, giant oil tank, like a full fuel tank from, like, a two-foot water. It was hysterical. Perfect. One of the do best you, things ever. Do you have to wrestle with it, or does you just, you just no. have to hit the timing right? No, it's just, it, like, dip, dip, yeah, and like and splashes and then you hit it then you just have to push the button Perfect. and you immediately that's get it that's good for me that's yeah. the second best fishing mechanism in games actually the th- I'll call that I'll say the third best is probably Breath of Fire 3's which okay. is a fun actual that's a good one. mini game yeah and then that's good but top fishing fishing system of the year for me the the Fody is uh, Breath, of, Breath of the Wild of course because you just, just grab them grab them with your body <laughs> just throw your body in there and grab a fish if you touch it it's yours. Yep, <laughs> have it. <laughs> press the button as quickly as possible. There's so much press the wild where it's me <laughs> jumping in there and just being like, I love that. And I actually do for real like the fishing mini game in Stardew Valley too. I actually have a lot of fun fishing it's in that game. Fine. Yeah, it's it gets better after you've done like fought it for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. I haven't gotten that far. When you get anyway. when you get your upgrades. Yeah. So we save Kanji for sure. This is the last night that we could have, but we already had, so we didn't have to do anything. And we see again this shadowy figure in the fog who just says, again. Yeah. And then that's over. And that's the other little shot we have. This time they didn't look so short. They didn't look as Nanako-ish. <laughs> that's true. What? Why are we seeing that? I, I am. That's yeah. not on the TV. This is one of the rare instances so far where we see something that I don't think... Uh, our our avatar actually sees. Yes. Right. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I don't like it. I don't love that either. I. Uh, I mean, with with so much of the game focused on Avery's perspective, suddenly having this off kind of off scene moment. Yeah. Just. I don't know. I it, guess it's letting you know you succeeded in a really concrete way. But which it was for some players must be important. But yeah. 
doesn't really work. It, it was one of the weird, one of the most jarring things that's happened in the game so far, maybe. Yeah, it's, but I guess it's supposed to add tension. Like that moment where you see the villain in a TV show being like, we'll see about that, you know? But it does, it does not successfully do that because it's so weird as the only piece of this game that's like that. Yes. Mm-hmm. June 5th. June 5th. June 5th, because we had such a hard time fishing the night before, we just order a bunch of fish from the TV. <laughs> I loved that. It's the Sunday what shopping great, channel. Yeah, that we had two options. One of them was clothes, and the other one was fish. And I was, I was like, like, oh, good. I wonder if they deliver them on ice, or if it's just like, you're just getting fish. I think I think when the order comes in, it will come with dry ice. Oh, cool. <laughs> Very good. That's really cool. You can't just ship a fish in a box, Caleb. <laughs> Listen, President Tanaka is very unethical, and he might, <laughs> yeah, he might just send you a fish. Just do whatever. They're in a Ziploc bag, but that's it. <laughs> so, we bought some crack wheat, which I was like, "What does this mean?" Because like, is is it just a comment on wheat? Because like, yeah, wheat's great, and it makes you want to eat a lot of it. No, it turns out it's because this is wheat used to crack safes. <laughs> This is weave that weave. This is wheat that you can grow to unlock chests <laughs> because it's so tough. Yeah. I wonder what that bread's like. Just like gummy. Mmm. It uh. Brittle. Just little bricks. <laughs> it's. T- <laughs> you can use it to build a house out of. It's a taste you can't resist. You, if you if you push the bread against someone else's mouth, their mouth just opens it has automatically. To open. <laughs> it has to. <laughs> That's just physics at that point. Yeah. Exactly. It's just such a funny choice of words to call it crack wheat. It's weird. Um, and then we hung with Marie and we Jim- hung with Nanako, but Jimmy, nothing happened. Jimmy cracked wheat and went and spent 10 years upstate. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Jimmy cracked the vault Jimmy. and everyone cared. <laughs> June 6th. <laughs> so now Kanji's back. He's actually woke up and hanging out with us. And we ask him, who is that boy you met with? And Kanji doesn't really know. Yeah. Kanji was like, they just kind of were hanging around and they asked me some questions and they said they wanted to hang out. So I was going to. Mm-hmm. And then he says some awful sexist stuff that drives me nuts. Yeah. Here's, here are, here's my two sides of this. First one, this really sucks. And I hate that uh, queer narratives are often used to allow a character to be sexist. Yep. That's rough. B... This is true to life in the sense that I was also a piece of shit in high school. I was mm-hmm. a, I was a piece of shit gay kid in high school. And like seeing that reflected, it makes me incredibly uncomfortable. Mm. But I'm also like, oh, gosh, I know this is real because I was that sometimes. Yeah, yeah. there's a lot of that. <laughs> and you walk that line between showing something like showing life as it is, which can be a useful thing mm-hmm. or just reinforcing a negative thing that people do because they don't know any better. Yeah. Right. And it, hmm. for context, he basically says like very, very stereotypical girls are high maintenance and guys are really laid back. Yeah. And like, it's rough. Very similar to stuff Daisuke says. Mm -hmm. It's very similar. And which there's like a lot of characters in this game who just don't like girls. Even in this conversation, Yosuke says, yeah, same. Like, totally. Like, Yosuke is like, I get that and feel that too. Because it just becomes this opportunity to be a punching bag on the women. Yeah. That was a super frustrating conversation. Was this the one... This isn't even the one that's in the classroom, right? This was when they're all talking. Yeah, this is right? when they're at Juness. The mm-hmm. When we talk about the motorcycle, oh, maybe this the, is the roof. The school roof, I think, yeah. is where this one. Yeah, is. yeah. But when we when we like talk about motorcycles the next few days, like so far, Kanji 
has led to some of the worst conversations in the game so far. Yeah, like, yeah. I like him overall, but there are a couple of things where, especially Yosuke, Avery, and Kanji mm-hmm. are like competing to out-masculine each other uh-huh. in a way that is uh, like d- gross. Another interesting element of his character that starts to come out in these couple conversations that I don't know if it gets really driven later on is Kanji talks about how in his house he was raised to be totally chill with feminine stuff and he like that he was raised around mm. weird parents who were really into textiles who said stuff like dyes are one with the universe and cloth yeah. is alive yeah. like all this normal stuff and there is an element of his character which is when you grow up even in like a really accepting family like a lot of families who are really socially accepting and really chill in that way are also like culturally weird like and so yeah. when you have to when you go from a family that has this like chill attitude or has their own particular weird set of personalities and way of dealing with the world mm-hmm. and then you go out into the world it can cause this rebound that forces you to feel like you have to hide when your mm-hmm. parents are the scissors from kill a kill it is like really hard to reintegrate into society <laughs> <laughs> cloth is alive cloth is alive and i will take over this universe <laughs> but it, that's that's exactly right that i and i like that aspect of his personality i like the weird the touch of hey my family was kind of weird and my family was pretty cool but when the rest of the world wasn't cool yeah i had to learn to hate that part of my family mm-hmm. and that part of myself in order to feel like i could function yeah it's just it's just another one of those things where it shows like they had this this really real thing that they were tapping into yeah and it just gets executed kind of shoddily yep mm-hmm. from time yep. to time and kanji says like i guess i wasn't really afraid of girls i was just scared of people in general yeah and uh lots of just like lots of stuff like that it's a I good also, observation that doesn't get carried through right like it's, right. it's like a, oh i'm just really scared of people but i will continue to shit on women more <laughs> yeah, yeah exactly if 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 we had started with what he said and then continued with just a little more yeah, nuance nuance yeah yeah then it would have been great but the fact that it just kind of gets dropped at that point does set us up for yeah. just what you said nick broadly speaking does his social link like get into this stuff or is it a different it touches on his like uh from what i remember and you'll probably remember better than i do but it touches on his like love of cute things and his ability to start being kind and gentle in a public way okay mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it it also gets a bit into his relationship with the police mm-hmm. interesting and okay. and how he has to navigate his past reputation with the person that he wants to be okay so another good stuff but not the not all of it like yeah not the whole thing. yeah another aspect of his design is that he like triumphal triumphantly and helpfully and kindly does the fuck you gesture like he like slaps the his, up yours yeah. is like his way of saying nice <laughs> yes i'll do it like yeah. he claps <laughs> for those of you at home you place your right hand on your left interior elbow mm-hmm. and then you raise your left fist into the air and now everyone on the bus is mad at you. It's, it is a rude gesture. <laughs> it is generally generally considered a rude gesture, but he does it triumphantly. Yeah, it's yeah. all right. Like, instead of just pumping his fist up and down. He... Just just some more high school boy nonsense. <laughs> it's like somebody it's like somebody <laughs> flicking you off and going, nice one. I had that friend in high school. I did, actually. There was a guy who would flip the bird and, like, nod. Like, yeah. hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. When did you guys learn to flip the bird? You know, my grandfather pointed with his middle finger uh-huh, at I had everything. A, yes. Palm down, pointing with his middle finger. So I actually didn't realize it was a bad gesture 
till I was in middle school and I would point at stuff my, like my grandpa did and get in trouble for it. My grandma did the same thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Weird. When did you learn to do it? Like, I remember a specific moment when I learned, someone taught me to do the bird mm-hmm. uh, on the bus in middle school. I was in the seventh grade and there was an eighth grader who, like, was way cooler and tougher than me mm-hmm. and somehow provoked me like try they were like made me flip them off <laughs> but i did it like with my whole finger out like this like mm-hmm. up like like a whole fist with the finger up but then they and they were like is that not right apparently it's better to flex the other fingers at the yeah, first to, knuckle to, it's to more square off your hand exactly you got to square off your hand they laughed at me because i flipped up wrong and all i wanted to do is read sci-fi novels on the bus same but they like gave me a lesson they're like no no listen do it like this this is way cooler and so they were teasing me but then inducting me into their macho club Mm -hmm. and i'll i'll be forever grateful because that was the day the seed was planted that eventually destroyed my life well it turns out i just (laughs) learned how to flip the bird today so (laughs) now i know welcome to the club (laughs) asshole (laughs) we're always growing (laughs) I've been doing the I love you gesture thinking that's what it was the whole time. (laughs) Kanji joins our investigation team for sure, which sets our fool rank to four. Yeah. Some random kid had a bunch of lists on a paper and Kanji just stole it from him. I didn't remember this at all. And it was the like weirdest plot point ever. Kanji was like, yeah, this shady kid was just walking around with a list in his hand. So I took it. And I was like, what? And I, he was like, it wasn't even that he was like specifically, he might have been following Kanji around or something. Give me that nerd. <laughs> like, And the, implying- the things on the list are clues about someone else investigating these murders. Yeah, yeah. so it has Misuzu Haragi's album at number one yeah. suggesting like, oh, is it possible that sh- this has something to do with trying to get her famous, but we say like, no, she's got an alibi, which they still have never told us what it is. That's just one of the rules of the game. Like, no, she has an alibi. If you have an alibi, you don't have to say what it is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, the best thing I can remember is that, I mean, they're separated at yeah. the time and that she might have been away. She was in a like, different city. I yeah. think she's doing a show. Yeah, she's she like was literally performing like as the murder occurred. Mm-hmm. So I think that was it. And then uh, Mayomi Yamano was in the middle of a list of female announcer rankings. But then when it was like, oh, is this maybe about getting her rank up or is it because of where she is in the rankings? And someone was like, no, actually, it looks like this list is just his personal ranking of the female announcers. <laughs> Which is like, who is this guy? And then the last one were dates that everybody had been on the TV. This is an aspiring BuzzFeed writer. Right? Yeah. <laughs> this, is so- <laughs> this is also why you just don't read other people's notes. Yeah. yeah. But the last... My, but- <laughs> somebody, if you just grabbed my notebook and read my notes, you have it would make no sense at all. They're from yeah. my use, not my, yours. My bullet journal to a stranger looks like the ramblings of an insane person. Because yeah, that's the only way you sort yourself out. But the last... <laughs> the, this last list is weird because it has everybody's date they were on the TV. Like yes. Kanji, like Yukiko. It has everyone. Yeah. Like even the people that have not been like officially murdered so whoever made this list is aware of who's been on the tv mm-hmm. like been watching the midnight channel th- and is piecing that together yeah mm-hmm. so the it is especially weird that i am pretty sure this is not a character and not ever revealed to be somebody important <laughs> that's okay now that's weird yeah like <laughs> like and i knew usually i wouldn't like spoil something but that's it's not fun. a spoiler yeah. to no, say that fun. this is like very very weird and and what it implies is that there's like just some other kids maybe trying to solve this mystery at the same time. Which I love. It's and the 
Persona 4 B team. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and we talked about this while we were playing. It was like, oh my God, what if every other teen was trying to solve the same mystery mm-hmm. and doing different, like, differently good jobs? Yeah. And, like, a story where there are, like, a dozen different investigative high school teams all trying to solve the same murder, but you follow one for the first episode or two and then realize the other, like, gradually everybody in the school is trying to solve the same mystery as a competition Ooh. would be really good. Someone That'd be a send fun this anime. idea to Atlas and yeah. get that persona B-side made for us. Also, what if, okay, what if there was, like, a tabletop, like, a couple tabletop games that were all being run by the same DM with, like, a couple of different investigation teams that could, like, do stuff and then affect each other's campaigns and mm-hmm. but you are only like meeting with them and doing their campaign and talking about what the other person had like changed about the world when they were in it that could be so cool ending with like one big one where like all the teams are having to like communicate with each other and compete at the end the only thing harder than, so neat the only thing harder than dming one group is dming multiple simultaneous groups <laughs> well you, but you would only be doing it in you'd be doing it in one world i got it, it would yeah. all be changing so it, it is be, a cool idea yeah mm-hmm. i think it's just called world of warcraft <laughs> uh <laughs> So then we we play the glasses goof game again with Kanji, where he just Loved like it. puts on the weird glasses and you know whatever. Fucking got him, dude. We also <laughs> realized that we've been calling him Dajima and not Doji Mom, which seems like yes, way it, better. Yes, <laughs> that was He's a Dojima. major revelation for this week. <laughs> June seventh, uh, we talked about murders while there was a sleepy boy two feet away <laughs> i love that kid there's this guy sleeping in our classroom who's there sleeping a lot but apparently they know he's really out because they talk about stuff with him so close what the, if the recurring background characters in persona 4 are one of my favorite parts mm-hmm. because there's there's sleepy boy mm-hmm. he's he's from persona b team he's in disguise yep, right exactly. maybe that's it he's maybe spying. he's spying he's the list kid oh gosh but there's that's also the whenever you're talking about the murders on the walk to school there's always the boy that will run past yes. you. Yes. That was yes. the other one I thought of immediately. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> and He's heard too much. He's got to go. Yeah. <laughs> well, as soon as he gets the most important information, he has to run and meet with the B team. He's also on yeah. the B team. Yeah. Okay. Very good theories. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, or so, what if those are the same kid? What if the sleepy kid and the running kid are the same? I think that's too, uh, uh, that's, that's, a little yeah. bit too much for one kid, I think. That's well, true. Unless he's run so much in the morning that he gets tuckered out by the middle of the day. <laughs> if he if he were A team, he could do both. Yeah, but he's B team. Yeah, he's just yeah. got one. <laughs> we got we got Lista Carl and uh, mm-hmm. and the running fr- Fran. So wait, okay, wait, but so but there's a there's Please potential that we have we have maybe three. We maybe have a List Boy, yeah. Sleepy Boy who's spying, and Running Boy who's spying. Yes, mm-hmm. the and the the List one is the like. The overseer, the organizer uh-huh. of the group, he's the brain s- sending out Sleepy Boy, and <laughs> he's the Avery of his team. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Oh my gosh, I'm really interested in this B team mm-hmm. now. What are they learning? So we go to the Student Health Association, and the Student Health Association. When we start, they immediately first session right as we walk in decide that we are in charge and alone. <laughs> They're like, yeah. "Oh, we've got stuff to do, so now you're in charge. Do not touch the medicine." Only use the first aid kit, call, which we are not training you on. Call for help if you need it. Yeah, exactly. If, <laughs> welcome to the Student Health Association. We'll call an adult. We all need to go do something more important than you. So, <laughs> You might have to answer the phone, but it never rings. And you might have to deal with businessmen. Yeah. And Unfor- it was like, what? Unfortunately, the phone does ring. And mm-hmm. it is a business person. And we... No, it does. it's not the phone. He just comes in. Oh, that's right. That's right. It's a dude from a pharmaceutical company. And he comes to ask about gauze. Yeah. And he's like, hey, the gauze shipments late. How y'all feeling about that? 
is it a good bad and we're like we don't know but we'll tell somebody and he's like thanks nice and this is a sort of situation that you could very easily gloss over and be like i don't care but then it immediately quizzes on quizzes you on exactly what he said his name what company and what was he talking uh-huh. about his very long japanese name yes that they give you three variations of that are like one character uh-huh. different they're so close but yeah avery remembered them mm-hmm. with no guide we did he, it. He I remembered it. it before the man got there. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, yeah. This is the day I meet Pharmaceutical. Oh, uh, uh, it is you. The gauze is late, I presume. What How a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. If, if only they had known that you would come by. If only I, anyone had known. If Avery is this, like eternal god reliving this same story, then we can explain his silence by him actually just being like. If I say anything, I will disrupt the flow of time. No, he's got, like, not a lot of chill, and he knows that, so he just has to, like, keep his mouth shut. He's, like, looking at the guy with, like, a raised eyebrow and a little tiny smile, like... "Mm." But that's why he's always able to ask exactly the right question. He's like, okay, I know this one. Yeah. But did he say that, Nanako? Because I know he didn't. (laughs) But Nanako, what did he really say? So then we meet... Saki's brother. Oof, so Saki uh, Konishi, who died at the very beginning of the game. Yeah. We meet his brother, his or her, her brother, brother, her mm. twin brother, mm. who are the people we saw. I think they're twins, right? Are they? I think he's a little brother. Because little, okay. I, I think he's younger than Avery. But yeah. Saki oh, was okay, older. Yeah. So. And we see, th- these are the two siblings we saw the very first week we played, arguing with each other outside on the street. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he says, like, oh, you're friends with Yosuke, right? I hate him and I also hate you. Like, just right off the bat, it's like, no, like, she was in that job because of you. And I think that, like, this all happened because of you guys, basically, wow. is kind of what he is suggesting. And uh, that's really our entire conversation with him. It was rough. He was like, leave, leave me alone. He's not wrong. Yeah, I mean, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's, he's having a very reasonable reaction to what happened. Yeah. yeah. I mean. But we will hopefully get to hang out with him more. He does have a portrait. We mm-hmm. tutor Shu again, and we have a really weird conversation with him about how school is just, like, bad. Like, he doesn't like school. And that one of his classmates is being weird about frogs? They, like, have this... They have, like, a weird conversation about frogs? Yeah, I don't remember the details of that. It was just, like... It was just, like, a strange conversation where he was like, yeah, one of my classmates was saying that a frog was one way, and I was saying it's another way, and he's a bully, or something like that, and it was very weird. Yeah, it, it sort of seems to play into um, my guess, like, our, our guess that the the way this is going to go is that he might decide he doesn't really want to do academics that much, or... Yeah, like, he doesn't actually something. like school. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll see, though. But he's trying to share with us. He's mm-hmm. trying to open up, and he says that we're being a good tutor. It mm-hmm. seems like he's kind of spending more time kind of seeking personal, like let's talk about life rather than you have you just t- tell me yeah. how to do math, which is cool. Poor mm-hmm. awkward boy, just warming up. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we hit rank three with him. June 8th. Eight. Mr. Kondo, the PE teacher, is like, hey, I really appreciate how everyone is like staying in good spirits. Let's all be good sports. Everybody stay positive all the time. And also, I hate the weather and I'm miserable. <laughs> like... <laughs> It was one. It was one monologue where he's like, "Everybody, stay positive, please. We really need you to stay positive." And now here's everything I hate about everything. It's really funny. <laughs> this is the last time I'll be negative. I swear. <laughs> <laughs> but he's like, so he wants to be outside so bad. Yeah. And then this is the worst conversation we've ever had in our lives, and it's about motorcycles. 
I can't even talk about this very much. It's very bad. So this is only in Golden. This wasn't in the original Persona. This is bonus material yeah, added is... to flesh out the world. Yeah, brand new Kill stuff. me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the very first thing that Yosuke says to us is like, all right, get this. When they're sitting in back of you, it's like a squeeze play. And immediately Nick and I are like, what does this mean? It's a me? sentence that came out of nowhere. And Yosuke's like, oh, sorry, sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> Uh, but girls like guys who spend time outside, right? So we should make a motorcycle so that people will press up against you. Do you want to do it together? Haha, <laughs> no big deal. <laughs> <laughs> I really want us both to get motorcycle licenses so that girls will ride with us, but I don't have enough money for a motorcycle, so we're both going to have to get a license and then just get one. We're going to have to share and you can squeeze me if you want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> As I'll drive and then you can ride and then I'll let you have whatever girl you want on the back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and we talk about how we're getting motorcycles and Kanji sort of overhears and he's like, motorcycles for what are you getting in a war? If you're bringing a war, I'll help. He's like ready to fight a gang. Ready to fight. He, uh, he just wants to help. You helped him. He wants to help you. <laughs> and he's Everybody's trying and nobody has any idea what to do about anything. Uh-huh. We don't know how to be friends to each other. We don't know how to get dates. We don't know how to go anywhere. Nothing is good. Kanji tells Yosuke, or maybe we do. Either we or Kanji tell Yosuke, you're a kindergartner. And Yosuke says, shut up. I'm like a middle schooler at least. Yeah, that's very funny. That was our, we we did get to tell him that. Uh, God. uh, But it was, and I wrote down in my notes, the worst conversation I've ever heard happens out loud here just now. But, but like speaking of being in high school and having like shitty ideas, like I definitely remember doing literal, like thinking literally anything that will bring me into proximity with a breast is like something i need to do mm-hmm. and i you know and it didn't work out ever right. but you're just thinking like one of the worst things that i've ever personally done in my opinion oh if i may share Please along do. these lines is that i there was a um a girl that i was very attracted to mm-hmm. who was in one of my math classes okay. and i was put in a desk behind her and for an entire semester, I slowly scooted my legs forward more and more to maybe she would accidentally touch my leg. Absolutely not. Oh, my God. Isn't that insane? That's the oh. most high school nonsense I've ever heard. That's very high school. But I, and, oh. and, and I have previously talked about becoming um, aroused in math class. And so was... there may be a connection there. I'm not sure. Oh. But I definitely was just like... Please let her be interested in me at all. How do I tell her that I like her? Maybe if I just be too close <laughs> with one part of my body? <laughs> Fucking dumb. I mean, I used to play basketball with... I used to get this guy to teach me how to play basketball for similar yeah. reasons. So, like, I get mm-hmm. you. But it, it, no, it's just, I, I once feigned an incredible interest in football. <laughs> to have this guy sit down and teach me how football works just ex- so that I could sit on the same couch as him. That's exactly. exactly. That was me with basketball. And it this is like, the hit. Without that, but that, <laughs> reclaiming masculinity and you're reclaiming math, obviously. <laughs> reclaiming masculinity. <laughs> um, that's God. so funny that both of our like immediate go-tos about that were pretending to be more like tough boys than we were <laughs> so that the tough boys would hang out with us. <laughs> uh, Please bump into me. Teach me about tackles. Yeah, do anything. Like uh, This is the thing. Like Literally any contact, like anything that will bring me into physical mm. proximity with a person I'm interested in. Yeah. Because you can't outwardly say it. Mm-hmm. There's the, you know, so that period yeah. of life you're just like, oh God, just let it happen accidentally. <laughs> Please let my fantasy play out. And it's like, not gonna happen, bud. Mm-hmm. Sorry, everybody. I'm sorry to that beautiful woman that I sat behind in math class <laughs> and who was nice to me anyway, despite, my, I, and like, does she know? 
I don't think she, she does now. She, she does, does now. <laughs> now that everyone in the world's listening to this podcast. Uh, well, now everyone I've ever been in a math class is like, oh, shit. He is was me? doing that. And it, it, guess what? It was all of you. <laughs> <laughs> we run into Dojima and Adachi at the supermarket. Adachi is like trying to be funny. It doesn't quite work out very well. Um, but he helps us convince Dojima that we should definitely get a license by embarrassing Dojima yeah. in front of us. <laughs> Mm-hmm. He's like, oh yeah, didn't you used to tell me exactly about how you got on a motorcycle and got into all sorts of trouble and, and were a bad kid? Yeah. Which is great because the image of, you know, bad boy Dojima yes. is so good. So good. But it also fits in really nicely with the fact that Nanako apparently loves motorcycle gangs. <gasps> yes. Oh my god, yes. I forgot about that. Oh man, I didn't think about and that. So and that's why he's scared because it's in his blood. It's in the blood. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, I don't know why she keeps saying motorcycle gang is the coolest phrase she's ever heard. And then under his breath, he's like, but she's right. (laughs) (laughs) He secretly longs for the days. Every time that he gets upset that you're hanging out with Kanji, it's because he's really jealous that he's not still doing his motorcycle ride I want to get into trouble again. As evidenced by his immediately preparing and handing you a a scooter. It's like, this is my old bike. And you're like, nice bike. And he's like, oh, you can tell? (laughs) Thanks. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, it's a little old, but it's really, really nice. I was planning on giving it to Nanako for his 16th birthday, but... (laughs) But I'm going to let you have it instead. <laughs> uh, God. I, you took these notes, Nick, and it says that Adachi complains because he hasn't eaten his eel liver soup yet. And yeah. then you wrote after that, it's not eel livery, it's DiGiorno. <laughs> Please don't ever leave me alone with the notes again. <laughs> Caleb went to take a shower and left me to play a day by myself and I hated it. <laughs> I got so distraught. I, I just sat, I just put down the controller at one point. I was just typing in the notes. I was like, just boring by myself. <laughs> I don't want to have to take the notes and play the game. Uh, <laughs> so then June 9th. It's not illivery, it's disgusting. <laughs> <laughs> yep, me and my friends, me and my friends when we were younger, we used to like, because we were just so funny, just the funniest people on the whole planet. We used to go, it's not delivery, it's really not delivery. <laughs> <laughs> like a lot. <laughs> oh boy. Because that was back in the height of those commercials. This is the origin story. <laughs> this show more and more. <laughs> origin stories. June 9th. We walked to school with Yosuke, who's worried about getting the motorcycle license, because he was like, I was up kind of late studying. Hopefully yeah. I get it done. We get the license the very next day. And even Dojima's like, oh, I... I didn't think you were gonna. I didn't think I was gonna have to have this ready for you right now, but but luckily I did get it ready for you because I'm so excited to carry on my legacy. Uh, yeah. But I really, definitely did. My nephew is gonna be the next big thing in Unova. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder. Well, because he he wants us to keep our head down. He wants us to chill out. But mm. I wonder how much like a small part of him was hoping like, oh man, nothing ever happens here. And now when he comes, it's going to be awesome. And everybody's going to want to hang out with us. And everybody's going to like, it's going to give Nanako so much to do. And everybody's going to want to talk about my nephew. So I'll finally have stuff to talk about at work. (laughs) And then the murders start happening right then too. And it's like, dang it. Like, dang it. He started murdering instead. (laughs) He was going to be famous, but now he's just a murderer. (laughs) Well, he, well, backing up to the day you rescue Kanji. I mean, he thinks you are. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And he even says like, he says, "How you? Why you been hanging out around the textile shop so much?" Yeah, like uh, he's still on the case. I'm gonna catch you if, if you're doing something bad. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like whoa, 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 but whoa. Nanako, as mm. always, steps in and Machiavelli behind the scenes. Uh-huh. <laughs> TV dinner Machiavelli. <laughs> Nanako, 
And Adachi does his favorite thing, which is revealing too much information about a case we should we should know nothing about, mm-hmm. and says that there is a creepy guy who's been taking professional camera pictures of people's houses, like the Amagi Inn specifically, and that Yikes. has been kind of like wandering around taking pictures. And Adachi tells us about this again when he absolutely shouldn't. And then we go and hang out with Kanji for the first time. And it's a very, very simple conversation, basically, where he's just like, I'm really glad to have people to talk to about my life. There's like a lot of stuff going on. And he says to us, I feel all cramped inside and I'm too dumb to know what it's about. So I need your help. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which great. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, particularly since he, he has this tough guy persona, mm-hmm. I think it's really cool that his first interaction is basically him going like, I just need someone to talk to. Yeah. You know, that's good. And he says he immediately decides that we are like a figure that is worth looking up to. And he acts mm-hmm. like that right away. Mm-hmm. And he's the emperor arcana, mm-hmm. which is pretty cool. Mm. Um, so that's all that we have to talk about on Great. this episode, this extra long one. All right. Um, Any closing thoughts? Oh, no, I mean, I just... Thank you all for having me. Oh, yeah. Thank it. you for being here. This is great. <laughs> Tell us a little bit more about uh, about Now Kiss Cast. Oh, uh, well, Now Kiss is a podcast that I do with a coworker of mine, Nathan. Mm-hmm. Um, the tagline is that it's a podcast about making fake people really kiss. <laughs> we take about 15 minutes of the episode to talk about literary theory and how it applies to a fandom or a mm-hmm. specific issue within fandom and fan fiction. Mm-hmm. And then we use the latter half of the episode to sort of brainstorm ideas for a randomly generated fanfic. So you, and your that. co-host, he's also has a background in English, right? Yes, he is yeah. an English teacher with me. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. And yeah, so we have a D100 table. We pick at random two characters off the table. We have a D12 table where we determine their relationship. Uh-huh. <laughs> they might be unrequited loves. They might uh, have a platonic life partnership. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Any number of things. And then we have uh, six tables of settings that the story can appear in <laughs> with smaller tables inside of them mm-hmm. did you guys design these or are you pulling them from something we designed them ourselves yes I love it. so uh our our very first episode which is already out is about dorothy catalonia from gundam wing yes and her rivalry with erdnot rex from mass effect <laughs> Did you guys go through and just pick like a hundred characters you liked and put them on the table? We did. And That's then every amazing. time you pull one off, do you just add somebody else? We to just that replace hole? them with either some new thing that we're li- that we like or another character from that universe. Do you guys ever Perfect. plan on like uh, taking like fan requests, like like people listening to the podcast, like oh oh oh, do one with this character? It would like, be awesome. Yeah, yeah, we would love that. <laughs> we also eventually want to do uh, guests and things where we get where we're going to focus the episode on a particular fandom. Mm-hmm. And we get somebody who really specializes in that particular area yeah. to come on. And they pick the person from that fandom they want, and then we randomly select someone else that Beautiful. we're going to then mash together. Oh, that's so oh, that's cool. That's very good. That's such a good concept for a podcast. Yes. I'm so excited. I haven't had a chance to listen to the first one yet, but I will, like, literally today. Yes. The, if you guys want to follow them on Twitter, it's at NowKissCast mm-hmm. on Twitter. And you can find, if you search NowKiss on iTunes, you should be able to find it as well. Yeah. Correct cool awesome and if yeah imagining like my high school english teachers having conversations about which fandom characters they ship (laughs) together is like the most this like the most hysterical thing that i can't like i'm just wondering like are you nervous about your students finding it or listening well it's totally clean Mm -hmm. and i mean everyone in my classroom knows what a big nerd i am anyway yeah yeah the room is completely postered with comic book and video game and anime posters and things like that. That's mm-hmm. great. All this stuff. So, I mean, that's that's no secret. Yeah, that's out there. And you and you run, like, a tabletop group, right? Like, a D&D campaign mm-hmm. at school. Yeah, I mean, like I'm the coach club. for the academic bowl. I run a <laughs> D&D club. 
I do a Japanese club. Like, I'm already that guy. You're, so. you're a hero, Peter. Yeah, I really appreciate hero. the work you're doing. There are so many students at your school that are like, oh, thank God this teacher is here. Yeah. Like, I, I know that for sure. Yep. I'm going to uh, see if I can get a, like, a 21 Jump Street situation <laughs> so that I can go to your school and join your club. <laughs> oh, man, that's our next, that's our prestige <gasps> drama podcast. Yes. Right Ooh. Mm-hmm. See how long we can keep Peter from realizing we're the teens. <laughs> No, Peter's the only one that knows. Every other teen, every other teen in the class. Not episode one. He doesn't. <laughs> That's, it's the big reveal at the end of episode one. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm, I, my <laughs> Peter walks in and goes, "Oh, hey guys, what are you doing here?" <laughs> bum bum <laughs> bum. <laughs> what were we doing there? How old are you guys? One of the other teenagers says, <laughs> "How old <Two>. were we?" <laughs> <laughs> we we really do need to dip our head into our head. Dip our head. Yeah, dip our collective way. head. Just in, start just start <laughs> head first into uh, prestige. Uh, heavily produced serial style drama bobbing like that water bird up and down i can't stop thinking about that water bird statue today (laughs) um in other podcast news caleb and i were on the sonic show opinion zone last week which you might not know about Mm -hmm. we were guests because of our sonic podcast your two show and uh i think it was episode 72 or 73 there, our names are in the title of the episode, so go ahead and check that out. If so you're use your eyes and read. Do some work for once. <laughs> and we also sang on uh, The Weather on last week's episode of Welcome to Night Vale. Yeah, episode 110, I want to say. Matroshka was the one. And it was, yeah. the, I believe, the fifth anniversary episode? Yeah. And it was our beautiful uh, songwriter friend, Aaron Lovett, her band Four Eyes. Mm-hmm. She wrote this song called uh, Everyone I Know Will Die and got us to sing harmonies along with our friend Lucy and it was amazing. So uh, please uh, get that and go to foureyes.bandcamp.com. It's only a dollar and you can buy that song and you can support that your pals. single and cry so good. <laughs> get a good cry in for once. <laughs> Peter, thank you so much for being on. Oh, I loved it. Thank, thank you. you. It was very good. We will probably have you on again in the uh, future. The likelihood is pretty high. <laughs> and thanks again for making it so we could play this game as the demigods that we are. <laughs> yes, yeah, of course. Thanks again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's everything, right? Did we do it? Thanks to everybody. Thanks for Persona. Thanks to everything. I'm Peter. I'm Nick. I'm Caleb. And get in touch with our products. Woo! Woo! <laughs> <laughs>